Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode for anyone who liked the first Boundaries episode, this is a request for a second Boundaries episode. So I'm going to call this one Setting Boundaries with Family, or when you are perchance in a relationship that is bad for you and toxic in some way, how to start to set boundaries, perhaps to leave that relationship. So if you have someone in your life who is toxic toxic, or they take from you, but you also love that person and you don't want to hurt them, it can be really disorienting, especially if you are really wrapped up in what they say to you. So if you are in love with someone or you love them very much, this is especially difficult because you are emotionally still tied to the person you want them to be or the person you thought they were or the person they used to be or the person they could be. So this, I'd call it hope or image, kind of keeps you hooked. And when it comes to family, this is especially difficult because there's that emotional cape that falls over your eyes and blinds you to the reality of the situation. So it can kind of take over your body and play you like an instrument called 10 years old. And suddenly you're taken over emotionally and you're acting like a 10 year old and it it's like a time warp. It's it's bananas. So these types of relationships are disorienting because they betray the rules of the rest of your life. But because they're happening in your life, they can and will redefine the rest of your life. So the habits you enact in your family and your close relationships are very much present in the relationships you have professionally, for example. And also your belief system about yourself will be affected by them. So if this sounds like you, this is an episode for you. And if you're wondering what's different about this episode than the first Boundaries episode, I guess it's more in depth on what to do if you're actively in that situation when you are kind of being taken over by a relationship where you're like, I don't know how to navigate. Like I'm getting wrapped up in in whatever this person's saying and they're emotionally taking me down. So I'd say this is one of those ways to like orient and kind of ground. And heads up, this advice applies to anyone as long as you are not um, having this conflict with a person that you have to take care of. So if you, like this is not advice to be taken if you are like, my five-year-old is very disrespectful. Not for you, not about if you're caring for little ones. This is really about um, if you are an adult dealing with another adult or someone that is not... um, reliant on you for their source of life. (laughs) With that, three parts. The what, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one, the what. Close relationships that get us hooked in a variety of versions of our worst self. So maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a partner, maybe it's a sibling. Regardless, you don't want to be taken in by what they are saying or be tipped off balance. You want to stand your ground. You don't want to be triggered and pissed off. You want to be confident and self-respecting. But what ha- what happens in the situation is you are insulted or you're disrespected, disrespected or your feelings are ignored or they take advantage of you or say one thing and then do a totally different thing and you end up hurt, enraged, devastated, betrayed, and mostly totally dumbfounded as to how this could happen. Like, did they not understand? Did they, where's this breakdown of communication happening? Or maybe that is something they put on you. Like you are just going about living your life and suddenly find that they are pissed at you for something. They go on and on 
about on their high horse about how you did fill in the blank. You didn't do this for them. You always do blank. You are, you are always acting blank. So here's a list of possible words. You are selfish. You are crazy. You don't trust them enough. You are a loser. You're lazy, a liar, rude, spoiled, think you're better than others, etc. Whatever it is, you get put on the defense and their accusations are extremely hurtful. This could also be the opposite situation where this other person is completely blind to your feelings in any situation. So maybe they go about arranging something that is in direct opposition to your needs and they could have involved you, but they didn't. And they don't even register that there was anything wrong with what they did whatsoever. So it's almost like a willful ignorance to seeing you or your feelings, your needs, your opinions at all. And if you are not... um, able to communicate to them, they act like you're the crazy one and that you have no right to be upset. So either way, it's equally hurtful and flabbergasting. And yet maybe you go out of your way to prove to this person that you are good enough, or you go out of your way to explain things like at length to so hours of explanation and you know case studies of this happened and then this happened but then you did this doesn't don't you understand this or maybe you can't just can't put the situation down because you cannot seem to resolve in your own mind how it happened so you talk about it over and over again with anyone who will listen and you ask other people can you believe this am i crazy am i crazy and other people tell you no you're not crazy and yet This happens again and again and again. So maybe you're back in the situation and you told yourself you didn't want to be here again and yet it happened again. Part two, the why. Who gives a fuck? I'm joking. You do, obviously. (laughs) But that is somewhat the perspective you have to take on because it's really moot. It's irrelevant. And it's also, you know, it's not your problem. It has nothing to do with how you should behave moving forward. It's easier for me to say that than for you to act on that advice because obviously you'd love to not care, but you do care. And because of that, it hurts you. So I'll give you a little bit of the why, but the most important thing for you to do is step out of the process of understanding and explaining the actions of others, because this is where we get lost. Meaning you and I, people like us, this is where we lose access to the wisest knowledge we have, which is what am I feeling right now? And what do I need to do to protect myself right now? We need to stay grounded in our own bodies and our own feelings so that we can take actions to protect ourselves. This information is harder to access when we are wrapped up in their words, their logic, and our rationalizations for what is happening to them. This has nothing to do with us. It's not relevant. So we really have to stay in our personal experience of the objective information and really only react to what they have demonstrated to us, meaning their actual concrete actions, not what we think they think and the stuff that they are saying. And this can be easily a misrepresentation of what is in reality happening. So if they are giving us a spiel, it's like we can get lost in that and that's what keeps us kind of trapped in the loop and the guilt and also the triggers that make us feel small and like an older self, younger self, I should say. So in truth, there are all sorts of reasons that people act like this. And a lot of it comes just down to the lack of self-awareness. Sometimes that is because of simple, I would call it being an unevolved person. So emotionally stunted in some way, um, 
or it can be like willful. I think a lot of people who are very wealthy or powerful in some sphere of their life, they are somehow so hyper-focused on the scale of values being um, oriented around money that their every other scale in their life has been retrofitted around that. So they don't see kindness and respect toward others as a priority in a lot of ways. You know, I'm not going to say like every person you know that's selfish is a narcissist, but they probably have a lot of narcissistic traits. And a lot of the time that's just because um, they didn't develop that skill set growing up. And sometimes it's due to undealt with issues. So for example, if a person acts like this in your life, they may have had a trauma at some point in their life or shared family trauma or issues that are currently operating their life pervasively like self-hatred, low self-confidence, powerlessness, insecurity, either whatever it is, they project these issues onto others in their life. And often that shows up as a person making you play the counterpart to their worldview. So in other words, they're attempting to get you to act out the role that matches and pairs to the one they crave to feel inside and not crave because it's a good thing, but because it's something they cannot see that they actually believe about themselves. So they're like trying, if, if they, if you really strongly believe something about yourself, you're trying to provoke others to match that belief. Like you're trying to get the result that you think you are supposed to have. So for example, if a person feels really unlovable, they're slotting you into the role of constantly needing to prove that they are lovable. And they need that to be so explicit and prominent that you as a person will be lost in the transaction. In other words, it becomes all about them needing to feel lovable or important or less than shitty. And if you cannot match that impossible standard, then you'll get slotted into the inverse, like the role of cold-hearted rejector, you know? So maybe that means you are told that you're selfish or you're irrational or... I don't know, whatever it is, like the, the core of the belief behind it is you have rejected me because you're not making me feel lovable. And that all of those actions are coming from this underlying hidden belief of being unlovable. I say that because if you think about it, people who are happy and healthy and self-loving are really nice to other people. And they're very respectful of other people. Like they exude happiness and kindness because they, that's how they feel inside. That's so the best way to tell how someone feels about themselves is just to see how they treat others. And a person who is self-loving hates to hurt other people because it hurts them. So what you see on the outside is exactly what's on the inside. So if someone says they are self-loving and yet they're acting selfish, then that would signal to me it's someone who is developmentally stunted and childlike. Regardless, I want you to know that setting and keeping healthy boundaries is extremely loving and selfless, even though it may feel like you are being selfish. So when you can honor the truth and respect it, it protects you, but it also protects others and allows them the dignity of having their own experience of lessons in life, of struggle, of development, of trying hard, of earning things. It makes people feel important and valuable. So if you are crossing boundaries and giving more of yourself than you should, or you are accommodating an unhealthy habit in somebody else, you are actually maintaining that 
and contributing to the sickness. So when you can pull back and be firm and say, like, I cannot engage with this type of behavior or I'm not going to allow this into my life, you allow that person to feel the ground and push against something firm. And that keeps them safe and it helps them grow complete. You can actually force someone to get healthier just by pulling back your part in their dysfunction. It's really powerful. It's hard in the moment because it feels like I'm being cruel. I'm being cold. I've hurt them. And they may tell you like you're hurting me, but it's this, the motive behind this is good for all people, not just you and your life. With that, here is part three, the how, the tools. Tool number one is called the truth is the truth is the truth is the truth. Or you can just say the truth is loving. So I just want you to be able to claim the fact that this thing hurts. And that is the truth of reality. And that's all you need to know. This thing, whatever it is, cannot continue. The end. That isn't good or bad. It just is. It's not working and therefore it cannot continue. It doesn't mean that one person needs to change or that one person can't be mad anymore or that one person needs to do blah, blah, blah. It doesn't mean anything. It just means you cannot allow this interaction to continue on in your life. And that is the truth. It's neutral. It's not hurtful. It's not mean. That is just describing reality. I cannot tolerate this thing because it makes me sick. It causes me injury. And therefore, I can't continue it. It's actually very loving to accept the truth and respect it because it's good for both people. One person doesn't want to be abusive. Another person doesn't want to be abused. Therefore, when you both accept the reality, well, in this case, you, when you accept the reality and you say like, nope, this, I can't, this isn't sustainable for me, then you can actually create a condition that is fixable, you know, it's like, then you can decide what needs to be done to have it be sustainable. But either way, know that this is absolutely just rational, neutral, um, accepting what is. So in this move, don't feel like you are causing them injury or that you're doing this at them. And also don't think like prescribe what they need to do, you know, fill in the blank, like you need to change your behavior and like they need to do whatever they're going to do. But however you want to live your life is what you have to be in control of right now. So you're going to remove yourself from the situation until blank happens. And that's just neutral information. It doesn't mean they have to do it. It just means like in order for you to engage with them again, this is what needs to happen. And that is, it just is. And that is loving. The truth is the truth is the truth. It is what it is. All right. The next tool is called not your story to tell or stop explaining. So we tend to make excuses for those we love, you and I, and we tend to give them valid reasons to continue doing what hurts us. So I just want to call you out on that because in the moment, it it feels like it's loving. It feels like it's, you know... uh, emotionally intelligent or evolved. Like often what we do is we tell their story. We say like, they've had this really hard life and they have been struggling with blank. And yes, that is probably true, but it has nothing to do with you and has nothing to do with whether or not this thing is hurting you. 
or whether or not this thing needs to stop recurring in your life. So just step out of the explanation of their life story and whatever else is happening because it's got nothing to do with the truth of what is what needs to change. All right, the next tool is called My Super Awesome Terrarium. So the goal is for the baseline of your values that you hold for yourself to be reflected in your life, in the actual majority of your life experiences. And it's hard to have any sense of that baseline or any sense of consistency when you have a person in your life that is fucking with your boundaries. So it'll create a sense of chaos that is so pervasive that you won't really know who you are and you know what what's actually coming from you and what's coming from this toxic person in your life. So we have to very much create reality, that baseline of reality for ourselves. For example, if you are predominantly taking influence from a toxic family member or a toxic friend, it will keep you constantly a little bit off balance as you attempt to work on yourself and create a good life for yourself. So the majority of your worldview and the treatment you witness, the treatment of yourself that you witness must be based on your personal preference for your life. And if that means you have to minimize the exposure you have to certain individuals, then that means you must. To be clear, this isn't forever. It's just until you are strong enough and healthy enough to be able to to keep consistent boundaries and protect your own sense of self-respect until it becomes innate, you know? So for now, it really means you have to cut out the people that are betraying that baseline in your life. Like think about it, like you're building a beautiful terrarium that reflects back to you how I feel about myself, the values I hold for myself that are important to me, all of the, the ways I want to be treated by others, the way I want to be seen, the person that I am needs to be reflected back to me in my relationships. So for, you know, I hate to say this, especially if it's somebody that's really close to you, but like for the bulk of your heavy work in therapy or whatever type of work you're doing, you kind of need to incubate and cut out the the toxic ones so you can really start to see like, this is who I am. This is what's consistently me. These are the types of relationships I build. These are the types of interactions I have. Everyone is kind to me because I am kind to them. They can see that I'm a smart, self-respecting person. They can see that I'm very sensitive and creative and that I'm blah, 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 whatever it is. Once you have a consistent view of this is me and my world and myself, then you can see oh, all of that other chaos was really just coming from this one relationship. Like often it boils down to one person or two people or a family of origin, you know? Like the thing that makes us, pulls us down and makes us feel crazy or makes us feel stupid or whatever it is, often it comes down to just like a couple of very toxic types of bad boundary relationships. So in order for us to be healthy and and have those people in our life, we very much have to have the firm boundaries built and and feel strong in that so that we know how to navigate those relationships. So build your terrarium, create the baseline so that your values are reflected back to you and that you can see what they are and see who you are. Then you can revisit these types of relationships while you are strong enough, when you are balanced and grounded enough. 
All right. The next tool is called Drug Den. <laughs> I have a couple different names for this one, actually. There's Angry Person's Den. There's Longing's Den. There's uh, Loneliness's Den. So I just want you to pick yourself, picture yourself in a, a very dark drug den. Or maybe it's a meth house. Maybe meth house is more colloquial as a thing. Whatever it is, let's just say it's a meth house. It's covered in graffiti. There's like lots of shiny things all over the floor, maybe a mattress. It's dark. There's loud music. There's lots of people smoking meth and talking really fast to each other. And this is a place, if you are in it, you don't strike up uh, an argument with somebody about something normal and rational. The same goes for your fill-in-the-blank person in your life. You do not engage with rationalizations on their terms, and you basically do, do not engage. This is just like arguing with a person who is on meth, because you will remain on their terms if you start to engage them in their logic. So the goal for you is to remain on your terms, in your footing, in your head, safely outside of the emotional tornado that is this person and whatever issues they have going on. And if you cannot do that, if you cannot be immune to them, then you have to step back and disengage. And the best way to do that is with deflection and getting the fuck out of there. So just do not allow them any in, you know? I mean, it doesn't have to be offensive. It doesn't have to, you don't have to get down to their level to exit the situation. You can just be like, I love you, but I can't have this conversation. I love you, but I'm hanging up the phone. Um, You don't even have to say, I love you. You can just be like, I'm so sorry, but I, this is not, I, I can't handle this conversation. It's hurting me. The end. That's totally loving. And that is just respecting where you're at. It's detaching with love. That would, that's what we would call detaching with love. Okay. The next tool, which is kind of a adjacent that tool, is called old drugs. And or another word for it would be another term for it would be detaching with peace. Because sometimes we can't detach with love because we are not feeling loving. And so it can be like we're just detaching with neutrality. How about that? So here are some sentences that you can say as you detach with neutrality. This doesn't have to be hostile. It actually doesn't have to be gushy or full of sweetness. It can be totally neutral. So I'm just going to give you a list, just a long list of things you might say to this person in whatever situation you need to separate yourself from. I love you, but I cannot be around this kind of behavior. I'm hanging up now. This hurts me, so I cannot be around it. I'm sorry. I love you. Nothing personal, but this triggers me and I need to protect myself. This is overwhelming for me, and I need to distance myself from it in order to feel sane. I'm hanging up now. I don't tolerate behavior like this. This was disrespectful and hurtful and totally inappropriate. I'm not going to deal with it. You can also just cover your ears, literally, (laughs) like earmuffs yourself, and say, I don't want to listen to this kind of talk. I'm leaving now, or I'm hanging up. And you can also say, I'm getting overwhelmed and I need some space to calm down and then leave the room. That's totally um, something I do all the time. (laughs) I'm getting overwhelmed and I need to leave in order to feel sane again or in order to think clearly I need some distance. However you deliver this, it's just make it as straight as possible. Why? Because when you engage on their level, like when you match their energy, 
you are allowing them to toxify you. You are playing on their terms. You can probably hear my son (laughs) singing to himself in the background. Apologies if that's distracting. Um, But the point is like, I mean, you could talk about kids in the same way. It's like if you yell, they are going to yell back. And it's like you're telling them what the rules are. So if you engage on this person's level, if you match whatever they're projecting onto you, you are saying you win, like you're playing by their rules and you're taking their drug. So it validates their bait and their perspective. And when people are on quote old drugs, they are trying to get you to match their inner world. And you truly don't match their inner world. But as soon as you sink to their level, they feel, see, it's true. You are here with me. I know you're thinking and feeling all the same things that I am. You now are agreeing with my version of reality. You're just as mad as I thought you were, or you're just as mad as I am, or you're just as enraged by this thing as I am and invested as I am, whatever it is. So stay in you and stay in protection of the world you are creating for yourself. All right, the next tool is called I've Been Dosed. So this is just something I want you to become very acutely aware of as you grow yourself and as you separate from people like this in your life or create healthier boundaries. Just start to know what it feels like in your body. Like what is the part of your body what that gets triggered in a situation like this? So for me, it's in my lower belly area or sometimes my upper chest area, the feeling you're looking for, you're scanning for is possibly feeling dizzy, like off balance or confused. Like it's a feeling of being manipulated or being forced into a a role that's not yours. So you might feel small or very sad or face might get hot, whatever it is, just start to notice it. Take note, maybe think, reflect on it now and just Think about like, what is the sign my body gives me when this thing is being triggered, when this action of trying to put me in this other role is starting to take place? Because what you are going to do in the future is step back behind a protective wall of plexiglass. Like it's a very subtle move, but it's deliberate where you suddenly notice the feeling and you separate, you say you disengage. You stop following the narrative and you just notice and you say like, oh, now my plexiglass is going up. It's really about seeing when something is not okay and knowing your goal is to exit. So at that point in time, you're going to be thinking of like, what's the thing I can say that will deflect? How do I get out of this situation as quickly and seamlessly as possible? It's not about giving them material to rage on you about. It's about giving them something that they can't really pin you down on. So you might be saying like, oh shit, I just remembered I have a meeting. I got to go. Or, oh, I, I'm double parked. I, I've got to run. Or, oh, my, uh, my other line's ringing out. Hold on one second. Whatever it is. Deflection. And I think one thing that's especially traumatizing in situations when An abuser gets us to engage with them or gets us to acquiesce to their version of reality is when we we follow through and continue the conversation. It's like especially painful when you're like, you know you don't want to be in that situation and yet you continue to engage or they force you into completing the other half of a conversation that you know you don't agree with. So you, you play nice or you say like, okay, yeah, well... 
I guess we can agree to disagree. Whatever it is, like you say the thing, you're like, no, that's not true for me though. And then after the fact, you're like, fuck, I didn't want to be in that place. I, I didn't agree with that at all. I'm like, I'm, I am upset and that wasn't okay. So the goal is to not put yourself in a position that violates you and not feel like you betrayed yourself and your own truth. And the best way to do that is just not, I mean, sometimes it's if we want to protect ourselves by playing along, that's totally a great strategy. My, my point is for you to have agency, including in how we handle the exit of a conversation that's upsetting. So you being able to honor your truth is very important and you don't have to get down on their level and you also don't have to follow along and play nice. If you choose to do that, that's great. But as long as it's your choice, you you could instead, though, if you don't want to play nice, you can do the same thing you would do with the stalker, which is deflect and get the fuck out of there. All right, the next tool. This is like a, I guess, a rule of thumb or just something to keep in your mind. It's not about logic. So step out of the argument. Do not attempt to talk them into understanding your side of things. Why? Because that assumes that they have the goal of understanding you. And often these types of people are attempting you to get you to match their inner projection and they cannot see you at all. Like they cannot know you. They're not interested in knowing you. It's not about you at all. They're only trying to see themselves. They crave it. They're craving to see something that bounces back a version of themselves to them, to themselves. And they're trying to get you to show that to them. So the best thing you can do is really step back and draw the boundary. I cannot engage with you when you are like this. This isn't isn't healthy for me. The things you have done are hurtful for me and I can't have you in my life because of that. That's that's all that that needs to be said. And for you to be able to try and talk them into something, it relies on the goal or the outcome being realistically that they will see you and understand you. If, If in a totally different circumstance, let's say this person is on their deathbed and this is for you to really just purge all the hatred or all the things you want to say, that's totally different. If that's the situation, by all means, read them the letter, tell them how they hurt you, but do it for you. If it, if you want to explain something to somebody, it should be for you and your peace of mind, not with the goal of getting them to come around because that is not, realistically, it's not what they're going to do just based on the type of person that does this type of thing. All right, next tool is a mantra. I used this one so much. It is, I am allowed to take care of myself. It's just to say to yourself over and over and over again. This is especially helpful for the guilt. And I think when we are setting boundaries for the first time, you will feel so overwhelmed with guilt. So I would just repeat it back to myself over and over and over again. I am allowed to take care of myself. I'm allowed to take care of myself. I hand it to you and I hope it works well for you. So those are my tools. I hope this episode was helpful, especially for the requester. And before I close, I wanted to thank all of my latest sponsors. Vitus, I hope I'm saying your name right. Vitus, Vitus, Vitus on Patreon. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. And thank you all, all of you who have donated to the show. It really, really helps me out. And if not, if you have the means would love a donation or uh, if you want to check out the patreon page we have some uh other new content so that is uh patreon slash sarah maybe and if you don't have the means i totally get it 
coming out of a pandemic. So if you could just leave a review on iTunes for all of you who have left reviews on iTunes, they mean the world and I love them. Thank you so very much. And, um, and if not, just share it with someone you think it could help. So in closing, when you draw healthy boundaries, things get easy. They get simple and you start to see people so clearly in a way that allows you to love them more. It's crazy, but when you stop taking people personally and you are not inviting them into your life to hurt you, but instead you're stepping back and just seeing them versus you, and you're just allowing them to be isolated in their actions, you feel so much more aware of what is happening and you can also see them in whatever dysfunction is happening and you see how much pain they're in and you see how lost they are. And that is when you can really love them truly because it's like they're not, you're not getting mixed up in them anymore. You can just see them and you're like, oh fuck this poor person. Like I love you and you're in, in this, but it's like, that's not for me to be in too. It's like you can better help someone from outside of it, you know? And you can also see what your life is like minus them. And that is when you can actually get effective feedback about who you really are versus who they are. And when you can reset a boundary and make your life, your terrarium consistent, you will build a life you like because you'll see like, oh, this is what I wanted. And the people in my life are nice to me because I'm nice to them. And there's no craziness. There's no drama. Like this is exactly the life I would design for myself because I did. And then from that place, things just start to work and they run smoothly and you don't have to feel confused or belittled or stupid. You feel respected and you can see why things are miscommunicated because it's clear that they're not communicated correctly. Stuff like that just like is logical, you know, it's only confusing in relationships like this. So if you are having issues with people in your life, maybe your problems and your self-confidence issues are not you, but maybe they're because of these people in your life that you allow to treat you unlike how you deserve to be treated. It's food for thought. So I hope this is helpful and I send you my love and smile.